Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, Grunge-esque. Uh, happy belated podcast anniversary! Oh, yeah, I know. I noticed that. Well, hey, yeah, ta-da! This is a uh, little little late to the game here. But this is our fifty-fourth episode. Has made it a whole year. Well, hey. What? Hey. <laughs> That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Look at that. We committed to a thing and actually did it. Who knew? And we did the thing. Who knew that, that was possible, right? Breaking breaking character. <laughs> doing <laughs> talking about doing a thing and then actually doing it. Yeah. Look at that. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i was uh i was checking out the little schedule there i was like oh, oh yeah i noticed that this week when i listened to the one that came out on monday or yesterday i guess and it was 51 and i went <gasps> whoa <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yep i uh had meant to catch the 52nd episode uh, with people listening to this 52nd will be Trucks and toilet paper. Come yes. Down. Important. <laughs> Wave, that was our 52nd one, official. Officially. Okay, well, there we go. Hooray. So. What's going on? Oh, not a lot, really. Just sort of... Nothing really actually is happening currently. So really? that's a nice change of pace. Just doing some, yeah, right. So, well, like I'm not doing anything. Other people are doing stuff. Like Shayna's play practice schedule has ramped up significantly, so he's not doing that. And uh, you know, work's just sort of going. Right, we had our meeting stuff like last week, plus like or a couple weeks ago and then all the testing in the world it's like <laughs> I don't like it so we got done with our testing last week <clears throat> and so sort of trying to get back to regular scheduled programming right now so yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> <laughs> oh uh I guess we also need to uh pour one out for Eddie Van Halen uh, that news yeah, came in I was, right yeah. We started recording. Yes, so. I was going to bring that up later since this is the uh, music-centered oh, episode. Oh right, oh right, right. Oh, hey, I didn't even didn't even talk about didn't even think about that. But uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, well, yeah, that was, that's fine. Do it now. It's okay. I, I, but yeah, I saw that today. I was like, no. Oh. So unfortunately, he has had like mouth cancer, and for like a long time. Right. Yeah. And so <clears throat> just cancer for a long time in general. He's been dealing with that for many years now. So it was unfortunate because he was only 65 years old, which is pretty rough. So, yeah. yep. 
the grand scheme of <laughs> so, rockers from that era. 65. I mean, yeah, he's like the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't necessarily always like the biggest Van Halen fan, right? I wasn't always like, oh man, I got to listen to some Van Halen, right? Yeah. I was definitely always appreciated Eddie for just all the... Like he was just such a good guitar player, like crazy good. So yeah. I definitely appreciated that about him. And I did like a lot of his stuff. Uh, I never turned it off when it came on the radio. Right. But I never <laughs> like difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so uh, I did listen to a little bit today though, just because it felt appropriate. So that's it's all right. So yeah, that was pretty sad news this, this afternoon when I read that. I was like, oh man. I was checking news at lunch when I was eating my lunch, and I was like, "Ah, the heck!" <laughs> so, sadness. But yeah, just trying to get back into school, doing school things. Just trying to figure out, like, <clears throat> it is it is almost end of quarter, so we have to like, I have to make sure my grades are in, and like all that <clears throat> fun stuff. We have to type and letter to send home this week. To be like, hey, you know, normally the last few years we've been doing parent-teacher conferences as just like, show up and come on in. Because they're like, they're very, we're we're trying to, we've been trying to do like student-led conferences. Where they, they just come in and they talk about how it's going in class and kind of show off some of their work. And they look at their learning binders and say, oh yeah, here's what we're learning about. And, you know, this is what we're doing. And then they do most of it. And then if they have questions for me, I'm just sort of there. Right. But this year it's going to be kind of like, well, if you want to, you can schedule a time to come in, which is how they used to do it. Like a long time ago, it was like, schedule your time slot, come in for like 20 minutes and talk about it. Sure. So this year it's going to be like, um, if you want, you can come in. Uh, in sixth grade, in like kindergarten, everybody's still getting their their twenty minute time slot, right? But uh, for us, it's like, oh, you know, if you want to, you can come in, uh, unless there are some children that we are like, no, no, you need to come in and talk to us about this because, like, <laughs> you know, so we're gonna get together, me and the other sixth grade teachers, the two other ones are gonna get together this week and kind of look at our grades and see where we're at, talk about behaviors and see, is there anybody that we got to be like, <clears throat> you're getting the other letter that says, please schedule a time these days to come in and speak to us about stuff. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, we told him that. Cause some of them were like, my grades aren't bad. And it's like, I was like, it's not just about grades. And a couple of them went, uh, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, no, it's also about like behavior and, and just kind of how you know your attitude and all that kind of stuff and they're like oh really yep oh (laughs) yeah that's what (laughs) it's like you could be passing my class that doesn't mean you're performing well in my class right like you (laughs) it doesn't mean it's pleasant i don't know (laughs) yeah like, you can get an A and still be, like, acting out, misbehaving, like, you know, not following our guidelines and expectations like you should be. So, you know, there's that. So, you know, 
that's what we're doing this week is getting that kind of sorted out, figuring out all that fun stuff. Fun. Fun? Well, I mean, yeah. Fun question mark. It's fine. Fun? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. What about you, Aaron? Um, work's still going pretty crazy. Uh, we're a little bit more settled. We put together uh, a bed. Uh, we got a bed frame. Put together a bed. Um, and then that's that's about that's about it. That's uh the the extent to, from last time we talked to now. Uh, and then just kind of work wise, there's been no real new developments. It's just all been chaotic and. Oh, I need to run here. Oh, I need to go talk to these people. Oh, I need to go to this hospital. Okay. Uh, oh, no one wants to do anything. Cool. Okay. I guess I'll go do this myself. Mm. Uh, but it's, I mean, there's that kind of dynamic, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm just kind of, just kind of going, just kind of vibing the best I can. Uh, I got my desk a little bit more desk appropriate. Uh, <laughs> Messy. How many more lights right. did you add? Uh, no, seven, they, seven more. They didn't, they didn't stick on, the, uh, so I kind of had to take them off. Oh, but for now, until uh, you get some of those like command strips and like bam, can't come out of yeah, welded on there. I do, I do actually have some of those, but um, those things are awesome. Uh, kind of with the metal and the uh, the little puck things that I have, they're a little bit on the uh, are they too thin. Yeah, they just don't stick. The uh, best. You can get so, some bigger ones. I mean, those are like the only thing that I can get some of the junk to stick on my cinder block walls at school. Because mm-hmm. like, if if you remember from elementary school, nothing sticks to a cinder block wall. Absolutely nothing. Everything falls off. Yeah, right. It's like everything. Like weirdly, sometimes just scotch tape works. Like actually, the best. But like <laughs> for bigger <laughs> for bigger things, you know. Where that doesn't work, those command strips are pretty good. Yeah, I know people that we, some people put them on uh, clothespins, right, and then stick them there so that way they can change out whatever paper is holding. They just put two clothespins <laughs> there and command strip them to the wall. Yeah, teacher hack for you guys listening out there: uh, you do this at home, right? You just put some command strips on your clothespins, bam, and then you can change out whatever paper goes in there. Oh yeah, for your anchor charts or your whatever your artwork, whatever. Good times. So there you go. Pro tip. <laughs> um but yeah, other than that, I mean uh not really anything majorly new developments kind of on this end. Uh still just kind of kind of going with the flow. Uh as per usual, there's yeah, not really anything anything new. Uh I'm looking around our our office to see if I actually have anything like legitimately new, but I was like, no, <laughs> it's really about it, honestly. Um, That's okay. Fair. But yeah, I mean it's 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 still pretty, you know. Uh, we we got the the good triumvirate of the uh, oh crap, what is it called? Uh, the airfield and the the train and our upstairs neighbors' children. Just kind of, it's kind of a, a, you know, 
a symphony of unique sounds of <laughs> oh what is that thundering that's happening oh that's the children or like oh what is that terrible noise racket like oh that's a plane like oh what is that so it's it's kind of a guess who or guess what per day of of what things are but other than that it's you know we're kind of en- enjoying it uh got a got a nice little feel or the vibe that we're doing so it's it, it's fun sweet yeah. all right hey um i sat in on a phone call for work work recently and um i don't i don't phone call <laughs> i have i have genuinely i was on the phone call for an for an hour and 45 minutes um oh. I, I st- still like every like, i was like do they why did they invite i think i got the wrong invite like i don't know like this isn't involved me or like why are they they're talking about stuff and i don't now they're talking about who to put on the the charter for the group or rules do they do they know I'm on here? <laughs> like, I, <don't> <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was really maybe they meant to get to you, but then like forgot. Yeah, I think I think what it was was they went, oh, this person is on a team, feels water. He needs to be on because like my boss was on this call, but like <laughs> I am my position does not involve some like administrative kind of decision like everybody else on this phone call or like I'm really confused and so I just kind of sat there and didn't say anything for an hour and 45 minutes because I had to pay well I mean this could mean a couple things right uh, number one surprise you're now working on whatever this thing is <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know <laughs> right yeah yeah in case you so so in case you were wondering, because um, I know you were, um, the Army Corps of Engineers uh, have what they call nationwide permits. Nationwide permits are basically a list of things that you are allowed to do in, to, or around a stream that don't require you to get a special permit. So you don't even have to apply. Okay, so like there's a blanket statement thing? Right. And you don't even like, have to apply uh, for a permit or a nationwide permit if you meet their guidelines. Um, okay, it's just it's just given to you like, just because of who you are, right? If anybody asked mm-hmm. a question, you could go to the core and they would go, "Oh yeah, here you go." So they are proposing some changes. So there's a nationwide permit, and um, the biggest thing that they're doing for these is they are going from linear feet of impact to acreage of impact. Oh, now this might uh, so so they're. What they're trying to do is they're trying to capture and penalize more, penalize people more for damaging. What this does is it penalizes more for damaging large rivers because for it's it's based off of width and length, so that translates to a much larger. <laughs> yes, that's how area works. Thank you. <laughs> I know. But it's like it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird because because the width it, it's the width thing. So a larger river. If you damage a smaller portion of its length, you will still impact a, a wide, a, a larger uh, acreage of landscape. Yes. You'll have to remediate that kind of stuff. But what this means is that a lot of shorter or emerald streams 
you can impact yeah. upwards of like 5,000 linear feet before you have to even apply for a permit. Ah, okay. <laughs> which, <clears throat> which is, uh, you know, it's not good. Problem. Um, yeah. And so what you have to do is, so now, so now they threw this to the states and they were like, is this okay? And so now um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to come up with a response to the core as to why this is or is not going to work for Missouri. Um, and then there are some like regional guidelines that they're changing to. Um, again, all of this stuff is stuff that I am tangentially, 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 tangentially yes. involved in. Um, I never oh, remember if it's, like, <laughs> if it's the ju or ju anyway. Um, I'm involved <laughs> in, but I'm not in involved in it from like the from the policy side or from from that side. So I think what they were trying to do is involve me because I may have like remembered some data that we have, but no, like I don't like we don't have the data. So one of the well, also you see, you, but you are the person that's like in the like you see the effect that it has, right? So maybe that's what they're going for is maybe, oh, well, if we need to talk about like what that looks like actually on the ground in person, here's a person that goes out and walks through the streams and right. sees that, right? Yeah. Or knows about the the impact, the direct impact these things have on the land around yeah. it. So maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but there are things like, you know, I wanted to know, okay. <laughs> or you're about to be in charge of something. I'm about <laughs> to be in charge of something. Because, you know, one of the questions that I had was, okay, like how, um, how many first order streams does Missouri have compared to second, third, fourth, fifth? So we can start looking at the the, the potential impact for this in a very real, like on the ground sense. Well, just mathematically, it's going to be a bigger number than the 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 larger streams, right? Yes, yes but like because that's how like that pattern works, that fractal pattern of uh, like feeders like that, like rivers and you know all those things. They there are m like exponentially more smaller feeders than the mainline stream system. Yes, right. Yeah. So so that's part of this. Yeah. So yes, there's more. So they're going to have a larger impact. But but this the second yes. step of this is like okay, how many stream miles do we have of Second and first order streams, um, or or smaller, you know, if because if you don't count, um, you know, if you got perennial, annual, and ephemeral streams, like that can change into some of the math and make it a little bit fuzzy. But the next, I mean, technically, I would say that you should still count them because they're part of the overall system. Well, so right. because of what was recently redefined as the waters of the U.S., um, mm -hmm. many things that we once thought were waters of the u.s are now no longer waters of the u.s and now uh, is it because they don't always have waters in them yes and so the core right. the core technically doesn't have jurisdiction over those to tell you what to do or not to do so that's why that distinction is important and then the other key part of this is how many nationwide permits are listed on what order of streams here in missouri mm. Um, that information is extremely hard to find, even for a state agency asking for it, because because <laughs> uh, reasons, right? Like because reasons, yeah. whatever. So that's what I wanted to see. I want to see stream miles of this size and under, and then now let's overlay 
the permits that are out there just to start getting a sense of how many extra miles of stream are we going to be potentially impacting just based off of what we have right now. Because what this means is if you're if you have a nationwide permit currently, when they change to the new one, you automatically get that, right? That just comes to you. So you have to take into account existing impacts but that have the potential to expand um, when we are writing a letter to them to figure this out. Um, so that was my only question. And um, I, uh, I didn't ask it because then somebody else asked it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, well, nailed it. Sweet. <laughs> yes. And of course, they were like, hmm, yes, that is a very interesting piece of information that we don't have. Or have any real way of knowing. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah. So things like that, where you go, hmm. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it easier to calculate on themselves for the core. Uh, oh, yeah. Acreage is easier to work with than linear feet of a stream. Uh, and they're trying to speed up this process because they've gotten some new mandates of like, <laughs> get this like if the permit once the permit hits your desk i forget what it is i think it's you have 45 days to either approve or deny it or it gets automatically approved uh the, okay yes so so you know it's things like that where like there are all these like perverse incentives for bad things to happen uh, yeah. For you know this person who goes, well, this is going to get it. This is probably going to get approved anyway because I've got all these other questions to ask, and I need to do some on the ground work. I need to blah blah blah, but I don't have time for that. So, what's the quickest way to yes or no this so that doesn't just get automatically approved? Because then revoking something is a whole nother thing, right? And then it's just that's always harder, right? Like that's <laughs> right, right. And so interesting things like that. That was that's what the phone call was about. It was enlightening. Like it was interesting to sit in on, but my exact like direct. <laughs> but also, like, why am I here? Like, What's happening? Here? Like, why am I here? I understand this is important, and like my yeah. boss is here. It makes sense for her to be here, but like me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much of your opinion she wants later. There you go. Done. Sure, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Cool. <coughs> well, is it time to move on to the main I event think, then? I think it is time to move on to the main event. So, uh, Keen All right. will recognize that not last week, but the week before last or unforeseen <laughs> reasons that nobody quite understands or is going to ask questions about. Uh, we didn't get to the original uh, challenge, which uh, Brandon proposed. Proposed? Proposed? Proposed. Anyway. Speaking is I'm, hard today for Colin. Is proposed. Really There's an R in there. <laughs> proposed. Uh, now, we do kind of a deep <laughs> you, Aaron. into into some music genres that we're not all that familiar with. Uh, Aaron got rockabilly, uh, Brandon got stoner rock, and I got classical. We're supposed to review these and kind of come up with our our five artist recommendations for for those. Did I summarize that correctly? 
Yeah, sounds good. I like it. Okay, so um, who's up on the list? Well, that's why. Do we want to just go like one person go through all their stuff first this time? Because last time we did it, we each did like a five and then a four and like a round. Uh, do we just want to go down because it's different this time? Yeah, I think I think that would that may be. Yeah, because we, we we didn't we didn't take like a top five. They just kind of had to be you know five in general. Yeah, five that you liked, right? So yeah, yeah. I have mine ranked slightly because I have one like clear favorite, but the rest of them are just kind of like okay, here, these are good too. So <laughs> okay. all right, so yeah. who's gonna go first? Aaron. Um, I can go first because my I believe mine is technically the oldest. I mean, that's probably um, fair. Well, I mean, Collins yeah. is classical music. So like, yeah, I, uh, I have you beat here a little bit, bud. <laughs> By maybe a couple hundred years. But I think I like Aaron going first. I want to hear Aaron's rockabilly synopsis. Right. So, so according to a reliable um, website that doesn't start with a W and ends with a Pedia, um, <laughs> site. It's fine. Yes. Um, have to cite your sources. Um, Rockabilly is is technically from the 1940s, 1950s of a southern, western plus rhythm and blues um, rock from rock and roll and kind of the hillbilly from the, the 1950s, which is also kind of considered country. Um, it's kind of like a western swing and, and these are the words they use. Boogie woogie, jump mm. blues, and electric blues. Um, it was it was definitely popular in kind of the tail end of the 1940s and kind of 1950s, and there was kind of this weird sur- or resurge or revival kind of in like the 1970s, 80s ish of the 90s. Um, the kind of the whole big you know staple you know the big poster person of rockabilly music, which you know technically classified as you know the early genre of rock and roll. Um, was Elvis Presley. Let's go, um, kind of the, you know, oh, there is one way that I try to describe it for the whole, like, week. And it's kind of like the, you know, kind of metallic guitar part. Yeah, definitely. In all kind of things of Rockbilly. Um, So Elvis Presley is kind of the one that, you know, even before when I heard Rockabilly, I was like, Elvis Presley. Um, The the other kind of people that I kind of followed suit for any kind of pure Rockabilly people that's like, well, I want to listen to well, definitely Elvis Presley. Yeah. Um, kind of the other big name people of Elvis of kind of the rock, like the early rockabilly. Um, you know, people like Buddy Hop, Buddy Holly. Not the Weezer's version of <laughs> not the song. Holly, yes. But, um, but the actual. Um, artist Buddy Holly and technically Conway Twitty. My one and only you, no one will ever know how much I love you so. My only prayer. Um, I know 
I had to add that him onto the list because um, there was really? someone that like is, super early like, Conway. Is that yes? Okay. Super, yeah, definitely not like hello, darling. Oh yeah, uh, not like seventies Conway Twitty. Yeah, right. not, not, <laughs> not tight fit and jeans dark, uh, Conway Twitty, but like Fair. early Conway, um, an early kind of um, Johnny Cash esque. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely Buddy Holly, uh, Buddy Holly. And then I kind of wanted something a little bit more moderny. You know, it definitely didn't want something that's like, oh, this is old. Um, so the people yeah. that I kind of looked up, and there's like Say, a weird. Okay, oh, I was saying there is like a still like a weird kind of like modern like subculture thing where it's like super popular, right? Yeah, it's so, like kind of like a bit of hot rod rat rod community like rockabilly is still like a huge important part of that cultural landscape right so there yeah. are still like lots of really weird small rockabilly bands around right it's definitely not like a dead genre it's still yeah, so it's, a little bit it's definitely like there's because I, I watched a youtube video and it kind of talked about people that are like well you know i i love you know rolling up my white t-shirt sleeves and kind right. of just you know cuffing your jeans and just, just kind of going out there and just kind of and it's it's i read this article like it's kind of a really big popular thing in like japan oh where yeah kind of that kind of culture is has been to like people that's just you know just been like oh this is something that i've just enjoyed um this is something that you know my parents listen to and i've always kind of wanted to you know show that yeah. for them um so i, I couldn't find any like culturally japanese rockabilly artists um there are some but i don't know what they are the first first guy that i kind of found his name was his name is jd mcpherson and he's from oklahoma oh perfect and the website that i found on him is kind of he's a mix he's a split difference between uh buddy holly um early uh a mix of the Black Keys and a mix of Bo Diddley. Wow, that's quite a mix. Uh, yeah, very- <laughs> so it's. I like so it. There's, there's him. That's kind of. It's kind of more. Um, you know, a, a mixture of older rockabilly. Um, yeah. There's another group I call. I found uh, Charlie Thompson from the United Kingdom. Um, it cl- it classified it as a Western swing. Um, rollicking country is kind of what it was classified as it was just kind of you know a rock country i like the term um, rollicking country yes that's very nice there there was another group that i just liked uh i listened to like one song it's called the the bell fairies which is also kind of like a it's it, that one's more of a, a rockabilly pop yeah um the last the, the one that i i definitely wanted to add to this list just because it sounded very interesting um, it's called Whitney Morgan and the 78s. One time friends I had them all. Hell, I even had a paw. He beat her with... Uh, That's a beautiful it, name. It, it is more country. However, um, the article that I found to describe this person, um, it says... Gnarly Telecasters, dark and eerie pedal steel guitars, and songs about drinking, lying, and cheating. Um, well. It's definitely, it, I, I don't want to call it like, like more grunge esque, but it's definitely still got that, that beat, that rhythm of kind of like the early 
rockabilly, you know, steel guitar and kind of yeah. stuff. But it's it's it, it feels deeper. Like it feels a little bit more like I don't want to use the word heavy for country music, but it kind of sounds like you know rockabilly Elvis. You know, it's very it, the 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 main thing that I found in one of my articles. It talked about like teens really liked it. Because it was fast paced, it was moving. It was yeah, grooving. it's very. It is. You could describe it as like a light, right? Like it's, it's, yeah, right. Like from what yeah, I know it, about it, I don't know. It's yeah, it's definitely not like you know deep into jazz. It's not deep yeah. into blues. But the uh, Whitney Morgan and the seventy eights. It's kind of it's it's a little bit more heavier. Kind of that stuff. It's definitely not like you know light and poppy kind of stuff. It's it's just more. If you want something that's a little bit not just slower but something that's like a little if, if you're trying to transition from country into straight rockabilly um you know i would definitely kind of recommend them i've only listened to two of their songs and i'm like yeah i could probably listen to more <laughs> um, but it's yeah the, the first part when i read about them was like gnarly telecasters dark and eerie pedal uh, pedal steel guitars and i was like oh jeepers what am i about to listen to <laughs> um and so yeah that that was my that is my list. To recap, I have Elvis Presley and the classics of early Conway, early Johnny, Buddy Holly, and then kind of the modern folk of J.D. McPherson, Charlie Thompson, uh, the Bell Furies, and Whitney Morgan and the 78s. All right. Wow. So shout out. Very nice. You're Elvis listening to this. <laughs> you, you know created a whole genre and many sub genres of people to quote unquote boogie woogie and um, get down to. So cool. My list. There you go. So did you overall, would you say you like enjoyed it or is it just kind of like take it or leave it? Like, what do you think? What was your just kind of experience? What do you think? I mean, definitely listen, like now, to when I was, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to catch some flack for this. I, I apologize if 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 our view if we take a hit in our ratings. Um, <laughs> I I just never was like a ooh Elvis Presley is on kind of person. I don't know if it was just kind of like his music was kind of like oversaturated to me, or if it was just kind of like I've heard it so many times. Um, but there's not just one like one Elvis song that I'm like, oh man, I gotta listen to this. Uh, but I, I knew that, you know, kind of the forefather of rock. Um, early stuff, granted, Mimi would trap me in the car and I'd have to listen to Conway Twitty. <laughs> so I didn't have much of a choice there. Um, but kind of early Johnny Cash. Plus, I'm, I, I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. Um, more of his later work. Um, but listening, going back and just listening to early Johnny was, you know, enjoyable to me. And then, you know, thinking of oh well you know people don't really use or do rockabilly music anymore and then like oh it's really popular in japan it's actually really popular you know in the united kingdom it's really popular in little small parts of the united states still and so there there's an ear for it and listening to it i can definitely understand and you know comprehend like oh people truly enjoy this because a lot of stuff is really fun it's you know is it someone that I would go see in concert? No. Uh, if I got free tickets to it, probably. 
uh, now that I live closer to Tulsa, I'd be like, hey, is that's true. You might you might get the opportunity eventually. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I mean, I guess you know, oh, free tickets. Yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, it, it it is enjoyable to listen to kind of how each one of these artists have their own take on rockabilly, but there's still just that ah, that's where that's that's the rockabilly that you know mm. I I Google searched or that's been you know passed on for all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, is it the Mongolian rock band who No, but well, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely, if you want something unique and something that's kind of, you know, its own tune to dance to, I I would definitely recommend rockabilly just because it's like, wait, what are you listening to? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll pop this in my ear for a little bit true you do get some like style points right for listening to something like that like even <laughs> unexpected like it's cool because i i'm like at least to not to step on your toes but like i i've listened to some but not very much i know like two rockabilly bands mm-hmm. and not, they were not ones you picked so it's very interesting it's very cool i like it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted you know because all the stuff that i initially pulled up was nothing but older artists and like listening to classics or listen or like, you know, classic rock or all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, sure. You'll get to some of these, but I wanted to bring up people that you've either never heard of or yeah. you've heard their names somewhere. Uh, they're, they're definitely, you know, driving around, excuse me, here in Oklahoma. Like, Oh, was that JD McPherson playing on the radio? It's not, <laughs> kind of, it's not one of those things. I think these last two people have only came out with a few albums, not anything like major. But it's it's just the fact that it, it is there. It's not dead. Um, and it, I mean, like I said, it just, it's, it's something that's like, oh, I was not expecting this. This is actually very delightful. It doesn't make my ears bleed. That, that, was, that was the big staple, <laughs> that it doesn't make my ears bleed. Uh, there we go. So yeah. it's <laughs> always, that's definitely a positive, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that, that was it for me. I, I, I just, I just got a kick out of it. It was fun, delightful, enjoyable for me. So sweet. There you go. Great. Excellent review. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Next Colin, you or me. What do you think? I will go. Uh, since, okay. since you, uh, you, uh, had this, you started off this, this one. Okay. So, uh, I, I probably cast my net a little bit too broad <laughs> in this. Um, it's fair. Your, yours was a bit of a broader net to cast. So, so like, so, so in case you're wondering, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Um, so classical, I, I don't know. I remember from my uh, music appreciation and music theory classes that classical music, it, it's basically, you know, most of us, when we think of that, it's mostly just all that old stuff, but it has very distinct eras. And confusingly, classical music also includes the classical era of classical music. Um, oh. so, so, so what I did, uh, conveniently, um, classical music is broken into medieval, renaissance, baroque, classical, romantic, and then 21st, or then 20th and then 21st century. So, okay. I, I just took a slice and did, um, I picked, uh, a composer, they're not called artists, they're called composers, well, um, you know, <laughs> from medieval, renaissance, baroque classical and romantic because that's five um so well there we go 20th and 21st century can suck it 
Anyway, you know, all I remember from my music theory classes is that romantic was my favorite. So let's see what you got. <laughs> well, so so on that on that, so it's more bombastic, right? It's, yeah, it's more bombastic. And okay, so we'll get we'll get to that. Why Fair. that may be? Um, that's a good word. But 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 you, but you know the old saying, right? If it ain't baroque, there, don't fix it. Don't fix it. That's, yeah. That's the, that's the third joke. Whenever I get to the baroque. <laughs> oh, sorry, Aaron. You... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I heard Baroque and I was like, (gasps) my list. Um, So starting mostly I can think of Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast saying, well, don't fix it. Obviously it's who everybody remembers. So starting with the, (laughs) so what I, what I did is I wrote down some characteristics of each era and then I picked somebody from it. That was mildly interesting or not one of the more well-known people because we have in our minds people that come up when we think about these things sometimes. So medieval one was a big stretch for me. Um, medieval is really interesting because they typically only did vocals or they only did music. This is where the Gregorian chant and things come in because it's heavily influenced by the church. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about the medieval period is that this is where musical notation and musical theory start coming in, which makes it really fascinating because this is where people are start. You're able to teach music to people because they're starting to write it down effectively. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was really interesting. And the, the, the one that I picked, um, she, so that was the one thing is that she was one of the earliest ones. She was an abbess, and her name is uh, Cassia, C-A-S-S, or sorry, K-A-S-S-I-A. She was Byzantine, uh, poet, composer, all sorts of things. She had this really quip, uh, this really interesting quip where she said, I hate the rich man moaning as if he were poor. I'm like, oh, how true to this day still. Oh, my gosh. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she's one of the uh, few women of the time writing that used her own name. That makes her really unique. And mm-hmm. um, so she was operating um, around the eight, uh, around 840. Uh, so this is, we're going way back to the earliest time. Good of, gravy. Okay. Yeah, of medieval. <laughs> and what's crazy is that her, um, her, one of her compositions most popular was the aptly named Hymn of Cassia. Um, it's still sung to this day. some monastic uh uses so i was like okay. well, that's really cool you've got this this form this chant the singing going all the way back to 840 and still being sung these days um so again what we'll see here is that i tried to pick somebody that was kind of characteristic of that style so this was more lines of not necessarily a gregorian chant it's a little bit more singing but it's still it's still all all vocal uh from that time that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed listening to to that one that they have been that they keep around. Um, <clears throat> I like Gregorian chant. I'm weird like that, I guess. Um, but it just I like how I mean they they are melodic, but weirdly so because in because um, writing in keys and that kind of stuff didn't get developed until much later. Right, people are just kind of 
singing to sing um, and memorizing scripture and they are singing about um, their life. So it's a, it, and being part of the liturgy too. So it's just, it seems, I like how simplistic it is, like just how unordained the music actually is. Yeah. Cause I don't even think that like 12 note musical notation was standardized yet it at that time. No. So, no, no, just, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool how it just sort of transcends it, like still works and it still like functions in that space, but that wasn't like the way you did it, you know? So it's kind of, that's very interesting. Right. So this, yeah, this is it, through the, so when she was operating in 840, um, they had no notation stuff, right? But by the, the later medieval period where you're getting into the 1400s, then there mm-hmm. was this development much more this uh, of that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was fun. Uh, and I'll include links to, we do need to include links to all of the things that we discussed. An hour. Oh yeah, I'll yeah, send you the, the names and stuff after we're done here. So then, then so that remember, so the medieval period is actually the longest period. It starts in 800, and she's operating in 840, and then it's like the, the beginning. To, oh right, yeah, right dang. at the beginning, and then it goes to like early 1400. So then we could jump into the Renaissance era. Renaissance yeah. era is it's developed. We've got this notational stuff. We've got, it's developed into what they would, what they called it as a pure science, right? This fits with the Renaissance era. Mm, yeah. Of, in general of just, we, we know everything. We're learning everything. We can write things down. We can know ex- everything we need to know about something. So it, it's, they're laid out in a more quote, scientific relationships between notes and, um, and structure of the entire thing. But they're breaking away from the um, they're they're changing that style, right? It's not just Gregorian chants. Um, this is where uh, we start getting more dissonances. We start getting in the, the madrigal. So that's kind of the the big thing from the Renaissance. If you love, madrigal, uh, okay. If you love the bassoon and the trombone, here's oh, the Renaissance, man. right? I mean, everyone who loves, doesn't love a bassoon. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I tried to play the bassoon. It did not go well. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it double reeds hard, man. It's, it's, it's mayonnaise hard. an instrument. You don't. <laughs> what, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. What? He's Nothing. making bad jokes. Anyway. Um. So, whatever. So for the for this <laughs> one, um, I choose I chose um a gentleman by the name of Defay. He was operating. Um, he lived. He was. He was again early in the Renaissance period, which is most of the people that I chose tended to be early in the eras because you know they they were it's that transitionary time, so they really helped set the the direction of what was going. He was a French composer, um, and he's got this. Um, he <laughs> uh, the I'm not. I'm going to completely butcher this, but it's the Nupert Rosson Loe, and uh, it's been really nice. It's very, it's very, you know, er Renaissance, where it's characterized by much, um, much more restrained, kind of slightly coming out of this medieval period. And you can see a lot of those early influences, um, where if you just line everything up, where he's still kind of writing in this style, but it's a little, there's more flourishes to it. 
Uh, and I, so again, it's kind of this, this transitional period into the Renaissance out of the, uh, out of the medieval. This one's sorry. This is long. There's a lot here. We're covering That's fine. thousands of years of history here. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, this is like, <laughs> so, and, and I want to make sure you have context. So Renaissance is only from 1400 to like the early stick. So we only covering 200 yeah. years here. And then we get into yeah, the, it's shorter. the Baroque period. And if it's not broke, it's, Anyway, <laughs> where that was even shorter. Yes, that's a very short period. Um, yes, it's it's less than two. It's like 180 years, 160 years. Yeah, it's just the Baroque. So it's fast and furious. A ton of composers. Uh, and one of the earliest ones here was Francesco Cavalli. <laughs> Born in like 1602 and died in 1676, so he's operating again very early um, throughout the early periods of this. Um, he, he had a long, uh, long career, which was kind of interesting. But um, this is where everybody's favorite instrument is born. Yes, say it with me: the harpsichord. Fucking spiel. Anyway, so. Uh, you can always tell it's broke because there's a harpsichord, uh, which is plucking the strings instead of hitting them with little mallet. Um, this is also... Oh, is that the big difference? Is that how that works? Yes. I yes. don't think I ever actually knew that. Yeah. I have yeah. no so, idea. Actually. Yeah, so... Interesting. Harp, harp, a harp. Oh, okay, that's harp, fair. Right? Yeah. You, you use your fingers. Um, and yeah. That's why it sounds... It, that's why it's very short when you hear a harpsichord. It's very... Uh, very yeah. Um, Right. There's no sustain. It's just no, like bling. Right. Like that's it. Like yeah. <laughs> then immediately dampen. So this is where the harpsichord yeah. is invented. This is where we first started getting early introductions of the orchestra, and when people start writing in like a particular key. Right. So those are the key defining. Oh. <laughs> right. Wow, that's so weird to think that it took that long to be like some way to go. No, this song is in F. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Where someone, well, no, I think what it, you know, was where someone sat down and went, I'm writing this in F. Yeah. Right. Like that's, they didn't, it didn't just go by the intervals of, you know, yeah. now we're yeah, going exactly. up a third. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to think about. I'm, wow. <laughs> Wow, that's a long time to discover. <laughs> hey guys, A flat. That's well, a thing you can do now. <laughs> well, we are we're operating 12 you know, 1200 years after Cassia that we just that I mentioned mm-hmm. in the beginning, right? Where we we got writing in keys. And so at this point Cavalli wow. is writing <laughs> he's writing arias um and uh we're getting more operas and the people were looking for a much more full sound, which was interesting because they had the harpsichord, which is the antithesis of full sound. But this is where <laughs> true. It's so tinny and like so plinky. It's, it is plinky, right? So they start, this is where orchestras start coming in, where we start getting multiple uh, productions for particular um, uh, pieces that people were writing. The, the link that I'm going to include for him may be a like, I don't know, like a Russian scam site. It's, it yelled at me in Russian for quite a lot. <laughs> Listen to this video of him that I wanted to know, like, like this recording from one of his pieces from 2006 in Venice. And all of the ads are like in Russian and it's kind of scary. So if you get hacked, I'm sorry. And if you end up, uh, 
destroying the presidential election. Too bad. So, uh, we have made it. We have made it to the classical era. This is, I didn't mean for this to be quite so teachy, but I'm sorry. Fine. It's fine. It's exactly what this is supposed to be for. I had a lot of fun working through this and just seeing of like the key distinctions. So when people say classical music, like it is so diverse. So we're in the classical era now. It is like 1730s. And this one is only about a hundred years. Classical era is only a hundred years mm-hmm. long, which is crazy. Cause this is where you get, this is where the big shot, this is where the big names are, right? Like, you know, some of these people, yeah, this is yeah. Uh, right. Exactly. Right. This is where we start getting a ton of the people that you've heard of or know of. So this is typically the music that we think of when we think of, Oh, I, I know that name. I know, I know yeah. Mozart, right. I know these people. Um, so, what makes classical different is Baroque, if you listen to it, it it's very ordained. It's very, um, it, yeah, it's very heavy on the textures. And so classical starts clearing all that out. Um, it's much lighter and it's actually much less complex, even though there's still a ton of things going on. Um, and this is where we start getting the melody introduced, um, where, the, where you start having a clear melody somewhere. In oh, wow. The accompaniment, right? Um, okay. Right, which is interesting. Uh, this is so anytime you have a piece and it's a sonata, a quartet, symphony, that's, that's from the classical era. That's where these groups, these ensembles start being introduced, is to where composers were writing for two violins, a cello, and a bass. Right? They were writing. They wanted to make something for that. That, that wasn't done at any other point in time. They're, they're now designing things around to get a certain sound out of them. And my... Uh, oh, oh, and we get um, the piano. Uh, the piano is introduced in classical music. <laughs> it's so, kind of a big deal. You know, kind of just, big deal. just the piano. <laughs> just, the, just the piano, you know. Um, and so... I picked um, Pieter uh, Hallendal. Uh, he's Dutch, so I completely oh, put yeah. all of that. But um, he was he's he's dutch but he lived in england and he was composing there and um he was well known for his sonatas um and just you know he he was pretty prolific um and one of the other things that i i am apt to do is i'm apt to listen to somebody's instrumental works over and against their operas um so we may need to add opera to the, the list of music added to the, the I think list. it is on the list. Okay. I double check. Okay, because <laughs> that's a whole nother thing of like classical operas or versus yeah, instrumental I, yeah. things versus Baroque <laughs> operas or whatever. Like very di- very different styles. Um, but he's got a wide diverse. He did mostly concertos and sonatas, and uh, I I don't know, I. I liked him. And he wasn't, he's one of the lesser known ones. It was kind of like the, who's one of the more like underrated people out there. That's not both our Bach. And, you know, I'm trying to get away from these uh, and get a little bit more exposure to some other people. 
and 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 uh last one here uh we're in the romantic period which um you know you mentioned it's a much more bombastic style yeah that's what i remember i think (laughs) i yes part of that as i I think i don't know i i'm just putting some pieces together here but part of why i think it sounds more bombastic is because in the romantic period composers and musicians had stopped being supported by the rich elites there previous to this you had a you had a patron who was a lord or a lady count who who paid your salary to produce music for them right that's true in the romantic period we start moving away from that as society in western culture at least is um, moving away from that and, and trying to and not you know there's some revolutions going on um things like that uh the classical era ranges from 1815 to actually it goes all the way they say it goes all the way up to like 1950 which is really interesting that that, that was is te- that was technically weird the romantic period period and yeah here's, and here's where here's where Be- beethoven scant panned uh between classical and into the romantic so he's technically considered a romantic person a romantic yeah. composer but but still it you're getting this transition to much more i guess kind of like people's music almost which sounds yeah. completely weird but but it really is was and that i also i have some fact stored in my brain that i got from somewhere that was talk that i remember talking about they were changing the design of the the halls in which they played this music right something about how they were changing the hall design required more volume Right, and I think, I think it was Wagner's fault because he was like more tuba, blah, stick it, like you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I that 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 fact comes from some place. I'd have to look into that some more to figure out if that is true or not. But I seem to recall something about that. Now, well, that could be uh, the changing of who the music was for, right, and where they were. That's performing. true. You're right. So the middle class is rising you're getting music that's being meant for them, but they don't have their own private concert hall to go to. So people are going to listen in different areas or building their own at festivals, right? So that that there's music Mm. out there again. So you're needing, that's true. It might've been outside. Yeah. Right. right? So So you need more volume. (laughs) Right. So you're, it's, it's needing to be, if you're playing to this, uh, uh, aristocracy they they have had lessons in music they've had lessons in music theory and in history so the music can be a little bit more toward their taste you're playing to somebody who has never heard of music before uh it's going to sound different it's going to be a little bit different about that so yeah fair um, that was one of the key trends through the romantic period is you're getting these these changes there and one of the guys one of the gentlemen that i saw here he's a french composer um Aubert. Paris, uh, and he started. He was again pretty early in um, the Romantic period, um, so he was contemporaries with Beethoven and uh, Paganini. These people, but mm, yeah, um, 
you know, he's, he's writing a little bit more obscurity, but, um, of his time, he was considered one of, one of the greats. Um, we just remember Beethoven a lot more than we do Aubert, which is crazy because I forget that like, Oh, like Beethoven only lived till he was like, what? Like in his, I forget how he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't that old. I don't think. Yeah. You're right. Like Aubert made it to 89. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, And he was, he was like composing for most of his life and just dang right off the left. So that was the other thing that I thought was, was crazy is that he, he outlived Beethoven and many of his other contemporaries. Um, and, uh, just kept, kept plugging along there. So I, uh, I liked him. I liked him a lot. It was hard to look at the list of uh, people here <laughs> and go, whom, to, with whom should I listen? So I tried to pick. So my criteria True. was people again who were early in the transition period from one era to another. Um, look for people who had longerish careers at some point. Um, but that was that was how I arrived at at my list. Uh, yeah. And then jumping forward, here's my, uh, I have a bonus pick. Um, Ooh, Andrew, bonus Andrew, pick. Andrew March, uh, is what is a 21st century composer. He's one of the younger ones. He's born in 1973. Uh, <laughs> who's still like, sweet. Doing stuff. <laughs> um, and I really like his, um, uh, it, uh, where is it? Um, it's Marine à travers les, les arbres. Um, anyway, that didn't mean anything, but uh, it's very good, and it won actually quite a lot of awards. Uh, and I like that one, so that's my bonus pick. I, I couldn't. I, I skipped over 20th yeah, century because that nobody wants to listen yeah. to postmodern <laughs> classical music. What even is? I mean, <laughs> uh, Gustav Holtz. Go done. <laughs> Got it. Down there. That's the only one I could think of. Oh, Co- Copeland is technically one of those. Oh yeah. Okay. So, but I, I just wanted to cover the. Uh, the main ones when most people think of it, medieval, renaissance, baroque, classical, and romantic. So, Quite the <laughs> impressive list. Sorry, I like I it. Like it. <laughs> There's a lot. There's so, a lot. So much. Man. All right. Well, because that was because that covers a good a good part of it, because you know, a lot of the earliest forms of singing was in the church. And so having that kind of whole mixture and whole spread of, you know, having music become more public because a lot of, you know, a lot of the prayers and everything was in you know, early Latin or, or stuff like that. So it, it's cool of, you know, covering back that far and then like, oh, this is what we came to from point A to know what we are to point B. I, yeah. I, I thought that was was pretty neat. Yeah, sorry, I, I misspoke earlier. I, somewhere I had said it was like a twelve hundred year difference between the, uh, the the medieval and the Renaissance. That is false. It's only like five hundred years. The whole, yeah. the whole, I was, I so this whole thing spanned from the year eighteen hundred to nineteen fifty, which is insane. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the time period. But yeah, just that evolution, the continued evolution of and changing of tastes. Uh, and more exposure to people uh, to, to music, especially in this in this time. It's pretty nuts. Pretty nice. I like it. I like it. All right. So that brings us to the 
the outlier and the bizarre uh, that I picked. I put on my thing, I put this on there as kind of a joke. I was like, <laughs> I've heard of that. That'd be funny. And then I got it. Oh boy. So, uh, a stoner rock, right? Also known as, if you want to listen to some of this at work, but you don't know, if you don't want to type in stoner rock to your work computer, uh, desert rock is also an interchangeable term that you can use. So for like safe search mode, right? So, you so they're not like, what the heck are you typing in? Question. It's like a synonym. Why Any, did they talk about the connection there? Did you find the connection there at all between stoner and desert? not really just because it's like, I don't really understand what the difference is. It's very, there's some very minute bizarre like things here that are happening, but like other names that you could hear are like, uh, th- this genre has its roots in like psychedelia, psychedelic rock, um, right of the sixties, and like very early, uh, well, uh, like later period, like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, like that really driving, like guitar tone sure. is kind of like a cornerstone of of part of this genre, oh. right? Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of like the early influences, uh, it, loud, like Black Sabbath. Led Zeppelin, like super riff heavy guitar stuff, right? Really heavy, just riffing, like repeating. Some of it can be very repetitive. So some of it I listened to, I was like, "What is, what is this?" <clears throat> I don't, I don't <laughs> like this one. So it, like those kind of bands, and then kind of like some of those later like jammy bands, like Cream, a little bit like deep purple, you know, that kind of like that guitar sound is where it kind of draws its influence. Uh, but it kind of became a genre of its own in the very, very early nineties in like uh, a lot of it's like Southern California, like many things, right? <clears throat> There's a couple of bands that are like considered the emanators of the genre. Like one of them is like Fu Manchu which is a band I've heard of, but I don't think I've actually ever listened to before. Same. So Same. it was just like, I know that name from somewhere. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so they're one. And then there's, they're like one of the big ones. This other band called, I don't actually know how to pronounce this. It's, I think it's Q's or something. That's another big one. And then the one I've actually heard of and listened to, they're a band called sleep. They're like the big one. Right. So they're kind of like this, the emanators of this genre and where it came from. So a lot of it is like, for the most part, there's, uh, it's just this weird, like, kind of thing. There are some double versions of this. There are some different flavors that, that are kind of interesting. There are some that have lyrics, <laughs> right? Uh, one of the hallmarks of this genre is again, like I said, super like distorted guitars, like fuzz guitars, right? If you don't know what the fuzz effect is, think like smashing pumpkins. Yeah. That guitar sound, that really thick, heavy, like disgusting, like fuzz sound. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them use that. Not all. There's some that on here that don't really. Uh, and a lot of them are tuned down low, right? So normal guitars are tuned in that E standard tuning some of these things are i don't know how low these guitars are going but some of them are low 
right? <laughs> like these drop tuning. Some of them got to be like C standard, like drop B. I don't know. They're oh down there. <clears throat> probably not that far. Probably, I don't know. C standard, probably some of these. They're, they can be low. Not all of them. Again, it's very weird. The difference. Like some people like drop them way down. Others have like really not. It's very strange. Uh, but like a really like bass like a groove there's some that sort of groove riff happening right but the the overall sound is very heavy mm. this is really heavy like driving sound <clears throat> now some of these bands use that as like the it's almost in with the percussion and then they layer in like fairly only mild distorted to clean guitar over the top so you get this like ethereal kind of like clarity with the guitars, but then the underlying bass and the drum groove is like the real heavy driving bit. And then they slam in the guitars later for just a real, like you, you, you know, those, you've seen those videos of like, try not to headbang challenge. Yes. You've seen those. Oh, yeah. Some of these songs, you will fail miserably because you just can't help it. You're just like, <laughs> like just, just driving forward forever. Also, the uh, you know, like the joke when you're like, "Oh man, that would make a funny band name," you know, oh, when you just like yeah. say something weird, and you're like, "That's a funny band name." But no, all those people made stoner rock bands. Like that's <laughs> some of the names here are absolutely ridiculous, and that is kind of what I did. I found like a YouTube channel that, like, he just like sort of goes through and posts albums and then he links to like their band camp or their Facebook or whatever. So I just like went on there and just picked random ones <laughs> either because of the name or the artwork was hilarious. Uh, and I just tried to find some that were okay. And I listened to quite a few, some of them I did not like at all. Hmm. Right. Uh, again, one of the hallmarks of the production is like kind of like, like retro style production. So sometimes if there was a lot of vocals, some of them are just not great sounding, hmm. right? They're not recorded well. Uh, Cause this is a largely like underground scene. There's a lot of like DIY or like small time stuff. Sure. <laughs> so whereas like the, the recording quality for the drums and bass and guitars might sound really good. Sometimes the vocals are <clears throat> not Right. Uh, sometimes I accidentally clicked on bands that were more of a, like a doom category. So they have like very angry, like medley vocals and I don't like that. Um, so I was like, Nope, I'm out of there. Uh, I've focused a lot. I have a lot of instrumental ones. Uh, there are also a lot of like female vocals, which actually mix very nicely because the like the higher clarity of the, the female voice, uh, like singing really lays over the really heavy riff bass stuff very nicely so it's like it's of nice clarity True. Uh, but as you can imagine some of these bands lyrics are very well you know what they're about right it's <laughs> it's a genre called stoner rock so some of the lyrics are not necessarily creative or innovative very predictable oh. Right, <laughs> it's hard to sing about being in a quarry all day long. I will have to say. I mean, that's yes. true. Yeah. No, yes. Right. It's yes. Mining such a difficult task. Uh, 
So some of them are like, okay. And if you're not into that kind of thing, then you just kind of like bounce off super hard. Sure. Um, a couple of them though, they're just like, I don't really know. They're just like interesting. They kind of tell like the other stories and they're just songs about other stuff. Uh, or they're like, so like obscure that you don't really notice. And it's fine. It's a lot. It's very enjoyable. So that also <clears throat> what I discovered is that this is a very international genre because these bands are from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So the the one that I picked that has vocals, uh, their name is Scorched Oak. Everyone was doing their best. No one wanted to die. 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 Yep. They're German, I guess. Their song was in English, so they very nicely done. But it was really like... It's really nice. I really liked it. it. Has a really good, strong groove to it, and their vocals were—they're very clear. Uh, they were lots of singing, and it was—it's was telling some kind of weird story. I don't really know, but uh, I just remember it was enjoyable, and it wasn't like muddy vocals, and it wasn't just like yelling about like drug-related things. So I was like, okay, I like this one. <laughs> uh, so that one was good. I like Scorched Oaks a lot. Um, the rest of them were pretty I think they were all instrumental, right? Yeah. These now the ones that I picked as my favorite were on the heavier side because I did like that driving kind of like headbanging kind of vibe. You know, I really enjoyed that. Sure. Um <clears throat> there was one uh some of them really switch up really nicely too. Like they go from one to another the next the another one that i really liked i think it's pronounced ia or aya it's i a h it's named after the egyptian moon goddess um they're from argentina <clears throat> yeah and they have this they do a lot they flip back and forth they have some really nice like transitions between some very like just really soothing, like melodic, very clear, non-distorted guitar parts with some drums and stuff. And it's very nice and like light. And then they kind of build and build and build. And then bam, like the distortion comes on and it's grooving hard and it's like really rocking. And I really, I really liked it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but because you got, so it, it switched it up, right. It wasn't just the same, some of these stick very hard with like, yeah, it's just going to be the same groove for like many, many minutes. <clears throat> and you're kind of like, this is cool. What else do you have though? <laughs> like you kind of get bored a little bit. <laughs> uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah. So this band was really nice because they, they switched up a lot. Lots of moving parts, lots of like orchestration with just the small number of people in the band. Sure. So I really liked it. Uh, another one that I picked basically because I liked the name. Uh, it's called, they're called Flying Anomaly Theorized. All, they're from France. Uh, and they just had that similar kind of thing, right? They kind of mix it up a little bit. Here's a nice light part. He's a really heavy part. He's kind of a medium, but their grooves and stuff are really good, right? Um, 
another one that this one, this next band is like, they are at least the part, the one, the album that I listen to. Also, some of these albums are like EP length. So they're only like 25, 30 minutes long. So I would just like, when I was at home and I was like doing something or playing a game, I would just turn them on and listen for a while and see if I liked it and then switch to another one if I didn't like it. That's kind of my process for this. <clears throat> uh, this, uh, this next band, they're from Greece and their name is Stone Age Mammoth. And that is just like a real, they have like a real blues riffy thing. I love it. Like it's really great. So it's mm-hmm. blues riffs for days, uh, but they do lots of switch up, some tempo changing in there. Um, but their tone is really nice. Uh, they're like the bass grooves are really good. And I just really like that. It's got a lot of energy in that one, right? Because sure. normally a lot of this thing, you know, say like, you know, slow to mid tempo songs, but I tended to not favor some of those because it did feel like they dragged on for a really long time, which in, you know, <clears throat> some people might want that in this genre, but that's not what I was looking for. So I like this one because it felt more drivey, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, I really liked it when, <clears throat> um, the last one though, like there's no getting around what genre th- this band is in. Uh, the la- this one is actually also my favorite one. <laughs> I listened to so much of this band. I don't know why, but something about the way that they about it like really clicked with me, and I really liked it. Okay. Um, it is also really blues heavy. Like the grooves are excellent. They have two guitar players, I believe, and the. They actually have like they take a lot of solos and there's like kind of more jam bandy, but it's like still very blues riff heavy. Excellent guitar sounds. Some of them are again this extremely low. One of them at least, maybe the rhythm guitar player or whatever. It's a extremely low tuned, like fuzzed out guitar on some of this. <clears throat> They're also from France. Uh, the name of this band is. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> I'm sitting down. King Weed. There's just no other way about it. No confusion what genre they are. <laughs> right on the nose. <laughs> but I really like their stuff. I really like their music. It's really good. Again, it's all instrumental. It's really good. I liked it a lot. <laughs> you know, some bonus picks though. If you like some of the more subdued, like very slow, not very, not as heavy, more melodic stuff. <clears throat> a couple bands that are excellent. Uh, one is Babylon Tree. Really kind of light sounds. Kind of some Eastern rhythms going on in there by the name. You could tell. Uh, another one is Elder which is pretty good. Uh, again, it's just kind of light, much more laid back, not as heavy at all. <clears throat> and then the the last one, again, it's very light, very melodic uh, kind of thing. And the award for possibly the best name is oh, no. Octopus Diver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. 
need the time. What? I don't know. I don't know. I just. I have no idea. But, <laughs> Which one is describing the other? One? I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> <clears throat> but I liked it. I was like, oh, this music's nice. But I did find myself drawn to that like heavier riffing, like blues riff kind of thing, just because that's the kind of music that I tend to like a bit more. Sure. But it was all it, that other stuff was very good. But it overall was a very weird experience because I didn't know anything. <laughs> And so I was just sort of clicking on videos to see what would happen. And I would listen to a song and go, oh no, that no. <laughs> yeah. And so I found, I found three pretty quick, right? And, but the last two, I was like, uh, oh no. <laughs> I don't know if I like more of this or not. I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's part, that is, it, going through a discovery like this and it's interesting to hear the different tactics that we took uh you know i i was really focused on getting uh like an example an exemplary composer from a particular time kind of walk well uh, to be fair yours has much more history behind it than mine does (laughs) i was like a bunch of people went, that guitar cool. It sounds cool. Let's do that. And then that was how they did it. But I, so I, did, like, I do like that, oh, okay. I do like that discovery of, of show me more like this or show me less like that or whatever, you know, yeah. like that, that way of working your way through. Because when you come into something like this, yeah, especially if you don't, if you don't even know, like, what are, what is this supposed to sound like? What is the definitional sound? Of this? Yeah. Do I even like that? And then to find, well, you know, some people took this and they did this with it. You know, they made it a little bit more bluesy. Oh, I really like the blues version of this or whatever. You know, like, yeah, that's neat to see that you can you can and it, almost find your tastes in just about anywhere you look. You can. But it was really hard because like on, on that list that I have on there, right, most of those genres, I have at least some cursory knowledge of them. Sure. Right. Like I've heard them before. Um, or I know maybe like at least one artist from there or something. This one I had absolutely no idea at all. <laughs> and because it's such a like not mainline genre, like I had to just kind of go, uh, I don't even know like what you, well, <laughs> what you, where you start. So I basically went with the brute. I, I just decided it might be easier to go with the brute force approach and just start listening to random things and seeing if I liked it or not. Yeah. So I'd be like, how about this one? Oh no. How about this one? Ooh, yes. But it was hard because again, there's not, they're not like database and they're not like, they're just on there. So if I found one, I, it was really hard to be like, is there more like this one? <laughs> right? Like, sure. It took quite a bit of searching to uncover some of them. <laughs> right. Cause it was like, Oh, I like this other one. Can I find more like that? And so you click on a few, you go, Nope, that's not like that at all. What is this? <laughs> Actually, Colder, colder. Yeah. There was a couple I clicked. I was like, uh, uh, what? Antarctica. No. Oh, yeah. Very Antarctica. Like this is no, no. Don't want this at all. Like get out of here. So it's a, it's a very, it's a deceptively wide ranging genre, from what I read. Like because the definition is very vague and small, 
But then the artists that operate in that genre are like very diverse. And it's very weird to be, to try to figure out where you should go because some of them lean more to the psychedelic side. Right. I listened to one or like the other day, like Sunday and it was like conga drums and like brain stick and tambourine. I was like, what the, what, where did this come from? Like, what? How is this on the same list? I don't understand. It did not fit what I had been presented so far and I did not know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fine, but it's not, it's not really what I was looking for. So I was like, okay, pass. Um. So I think uh, a question from this is given your research, um, are you going to listen to more? Uh, Maybe a little bit. Like again, it's really good music to have on in the background, especially the instrumental stuff. Because it just has kind of have this driving beat, this groove thing, and it's it's kind of a nice thing to just have on, you know, around. Yeah. So I probably will have it on some. Again, not can't probably can't play that at work, right? I'm not going <laughs> to type that into. Not going to type King Weed into the school computer. It'd probably be a bad idea. <laughs> Get up on the smart board. <laughs> it flagged immediately. Yeah. But like, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Yeah, I listen to it at home. I kind of like it. Especially a couple, right? There's a couple that I'll probably... Some of the other ones I might not listen to anymore. But, like, a few on that list probably listen to again. Hmm. So, yeah, I think so. What about you for your classical one? You didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I... Like I said, um, I had some exposure to Gregorian chant. Uh, and since I listen to a lot of things that need to... And in the background, I'm constantly looking for more things like that. Like, I mm. think I'm going to put a few more of those into rotation because, yeah, my goodness, they're wonderful. I really enjoy listening to them. Like, I know that sounds weird. Of like, <laughs> oh no, it's, uh, no, it's not. It's it's not. It's just it really does. Like, I I do enjoy those. Um, I do, and then I do think I'll be doing more digging up more in the. Um, in the Renaissance time, because I don't think I fully quite understand what that one is. Um, yeah, I, I have in my mind, and I guess romantic is, is a little weird too. But again, also because it spans a very long time. So, yeah, the Renaissance in my head is like this really weird transition period out of Gregorian chants into harpsichords. Uh, and I don't, I don't understand that transition at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of an abrupt big change. <laughs> so, you know, it did it over 200 years or whatever, but still it was like, Hmm, still, and I don't it's a long, I, it's a lot of think, ground to cover. Yeah. And I don't think I had listened to many, I don't have, I don't have any touch points to that point, except for Dufay, mm-hmm. who, who I should add actually wrote two volumes on musical theory. So we, we had that discussion about growing oh. uh, knowledge and understanding of things. That was part of that too. Defining the science of music. Uh, I find okay. that a fascinating way to look at it. Of like They were really trying to take music and think about it in a scientific manner. In a, in not just chords, but in arrangement of the whole piece. Was they were yeah. trying to build, distill it down to a science. I find that well, that's why they decided on the 12 note scale, right? Because it's not the best way. And other like Eastern genres have like microtonal chords, right? They're not 
or microtonal notes they use, uh, like the oud, the Egyptian oud or the Arabic oud, right? Part of what gives that its sound, the scales they use are like fourth steps at some places or smaller, the very small intervals that the Western scale decided, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're going to go 12. We're going to break it up like this uh, because it works with this thing. We're going to, inv- you know, and that's just kind of how they decided to do it. But it right. wasn't like a clear choice. It kind of slowly showed up over time. Yeah. Yeah. Because so- in some of the early music, some of the Western music was, they had those steps, right? Those like smaller intervals. But then the instruments that they started building couldn't do that anymore. And they had to start building the instruments to meet the scale. So it's this weird like relationship going back and forth between how that worked. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was this because they were adapting instruments that they had at the time to yes. these new styles and they it precluded them from doing certain things with them. So yeah, no, I I kind of I'm gonna add some more chance into my rotation and then dig more into the Renaissance. But you, Aaron. Uh, Moral rockabilly for Aaron. Yeah, like it's 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 something that like I wouldn't necessarily seek out on my own. Uh, it's it's definitely something that like I'm okay in listening to it because I you know I've listened to country, I've listened to rock. Um, just putting the two together That's true. squarely uh, in the middle. Blam. There yes, we go. <laughs> bam. So it's, so it's, I mean, it's, it's unique. It's interesting. Um, would I go out of my way to, you know, search for it? Probably not. Um, but I think, you know, just having the opportunity just to sit down and, you know, listen to a song or two, it, it, it is, you know, fairly enjoyable. Um, true. You can add the one that I know which is the Reverend Horton Heat. Got to add him to your list. So you can check him out too. That's the one rockabilly artist that I remember. Horton. Yeah. Um, but like, like little, like little things like that. I mean, it's, you know, like having a conversation with your friends, like, Hey, listen to this song. And it's uh, so little things like that, I think are, you know, are fun. Um, it, it's not, it's not something that I, you know, Unless I, you know, actually sat down and devoted full attention to it or full time to it, um, but it's—I don't think I'm at that level with it. Um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's—it's, it's, you know, uh, I don't know, fantastic. You know, listen. Um, but as far as like you know, going to a concert or you know, so seeking out like a radio station or something, probably not. Um, but it's it's something it's something different to you know to pull out every once in a while. Be like, you know what? I could really use some like metal guitar and some you know just you know nostalgia of some sort. And that's true. Sometimes you do just get in a mood for a certain thing, right? Yeah. You're like I need to hear this and, right now. <laughs> and it's I mean th- that's kind of the same thing with um like you know people down here in um what's it called the red dirt music. Like, oh yeah. A very Oklahoman thing of oh I gotta go listen to Red Dirt like, it's true. You know, like Woody yeah, Guthrie it's, like oh here you go like it's, <laughs> it's there it's neat it's fun but like you know oh hey they're having a you know concert at the BOK Center yeah how much for tickets ah uh, fair fifty bucks <clears throat> nah probably not true but like 
So, so something like that on, on my end. Now, granted, if it was like, you know, hey, you know, we were able to, you know, bring back Elvis, and I'm like, oh well, I mean, absolutely. But like, as, as far as you know, like, you know, some of these other people I listen to, meh. It it is enjoyable. It's you know something that they don't really listen or think about on a daily basis. But you know, oh hey, this is something I kind of spanned from the 1950s to you know kind of modern day stuff and. It's it's got that unique historical aspect to it, but other than that, you know what I mean? Plot twist, Colin. Next time we see Aaron, he's going to have ironed his jeans and slicked his hair back into a pompadour. Whoa, whoa, gonna be- whoa. <laughs> like, whoa. There's some cats like you doing around here. See, it's already starting. Already. Yeah, Aaron put the, put the iron, ironing board away. <laughs> I do have to back up here. Is there a concert hall called the BOK Center? Yes, it's in Tulsa. That, that's pretty great. It is. I kind of like it. Is, I was just like, I, I need to double check this. It's, there's, there's, um, oh, so you one? can be okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because there's the, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, uh, dome arena. Yeah, there, there's that, right. but it's, the it's like, the, like, it's, it's, yes. like the, the Chesapeake arena. Yeah, the Chesapeake arena. Uh, in downtown Oklahoma City, um, which is the thunder and it's and the, the energy and it's stored by the energy. So, uh, but yeah, the, the BOK is one of the other big uh, energy companies here. I think. Where's Google? Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's it's called the BOK Center um, in downtown Tulsa. Cool. Um, actually, not that far from me because down the road it's you can go to the the Tulsa Drillers and then BOK Center is like boom right behind it. So. When it's also go to the theater. Perfect. Well, I'll have to check that out next time. Heck yeah. I'm in Tulsa. Here we go. So I thought this was fun. Thank you guys for playing along. I enjoyed this. And if uh, you have any bizarre music genres that you want to add to the list, uh, feel free to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Or text them to me and I'll put them on there. There you go. So if we need to add uh, red dirt music for Aaron, we can do that if he wants. But yeah, might as well. You come if you just like think of any random ones. Like, oh hey, we need to add this. So take a look at that. See if you can think of any funny ones, or look up some bizarre ones to stick on there, so we can have more for next time. Uh, in a couple months or whatever, if we do this again. So bam, we'll do this again. Thanks a lot. I did the deep dive. Very good. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Well. Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you. Thank you. Yeah, love you too. All right. Happy <laughs> one year. Oh, oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> lasers, lasers. Yes, virtual confetti. Blam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. Bye. Love, you, love too. you too. Bye. Bye.